This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 397. Make 2023 your best hypnosis year ever. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Hey, it's Jason, and we are releasing this episode on December 29th, 2022, and it has been a while since I've done an episode like this. Over the years, I've done a couple of the what I've learned this year kind of episodes or the goal-setting episode type of thing, and in the last two years, clearly for those of you that have been watching, we've made some pretty significant changes. And yes, this week, I am going to share with you some extremely specific strategies to create breakout success in 2023. And let me just say this for probably the millionth time. I firmly believe the number one thing that this profession needs is for more of you out there to be out there working successfully. And I say that because, yes, I absolutely appreciate those of you that are publishing books, going out and giving talks, and doing everything that fits into the category of, let's say, advocacy for our profession, I do have to admit, clearly, I'm a bit of a capitalist at heart. (laughs) And no matter how you talk about it, the reality is people vote with their attention and people vote with their money. And while financial success clearly is not everything, and there's a story about that coming later in this week's episode, while financial success isn't everything, there is something to be said about sustained financial success that does show a level of proof. You know, let's look at some of the names that you and I would know in this profession as people who have been actively seeing clients for a bunch of years. And while we might know them inside of our shared industry here because of the books they've written, the speeches that they've given, you know, we can look at the fact that these are the people that are consistently seeing clients and being paid professionally for it. And Their clients are out there now as raving fans. So I do purposefully put that up as a pretty significant, you know, measuring post, a way to begin to track things. And you might notice some of the tone of this week's episode is going to be a bit different than many of the others that I've done over the years, because from this point forward of this specific episode, there's going to be, you know, no transitions no voiceovers or music. It's going to be pretty personal because I'm going to share with you a few of the things behind the scenes that I've been through this year. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that came surprisingly easy. Now that I've said that, you already know the next sentence. I'm going to talk about the things that were not easy at all. So it begs the question then, how do you make 2023 your best hypnosis year ever? Well, I've organized this a bit and I've mapped it out for you, and it comes down to seven words. I wish I was clever enough to figure out seven words that formed a sentence. (laughs) So this is a bit more of a bullet point list of seven specific words, seven specific concepts. Here they are first, and then I'm going to break them all down for you. First of all, there's broadcast. Again, I'm going to explain these here in a moment. There's the word accept. There's also the word diagnose. Oh, it's going to get interesting on that one. And then the word pause. Clearly, there's been a pause that I did this year. And then a simple three-letter word, why. Oh, we'll talk about that one. 
my personal favorite word. And for those of you that do the whole thing where you like set a New Year's resolution around one word, this was my word. Expand. Clearly, for those of you that have been watching. And then finally, the last word, connect. So I'm not going to do the teaching thing where I go back through and list them all again because I'm going to expand upon them all in significant detail. And understand, I'm not here to romanticize my story. Uh, yes, this has been a rather significant year. Uh, I will politely just reference, this is the first year that the business hit seven figures collected in one calendar year. Though I need you to hear this next statement. I started where many of you are. And a big part of what I firmly believe in, one of my core values as being an instructor is that the quality of the education is not how many pupils are seated at the feet of the master pointing up and going, look how smart they are, because there's enough of that already clearly in our world. Instead, it's the measurement as to how many of the students then also become peers, also become people on the same level status, people that we often communicate with, which is a big reason why over the years, it's been a big aspect of this specific program to include a bunch of I no longer say the word interviews, <laughs> instead conversations. Yet there I was walking out of my original training a whole bunch of years ago, trying to figure out how the heck to get clients in the first place, scraping together whatever kind of furniture I could find on Craigslist to open up the very first office. And the bigger core value here is that I teach the stuff I've actually done. And I don't ever intend to sit here and go, look how smart I am, look what I've pulled off. Instead, it's always my ethical responsibility to share with you what I've figured out already and break it down so you understand the how and the why beneath it so that then you can make it your own. So yes, while some of the stories in this episode are extremely personal and rather specific, this is more so for the sake of modeling. You know, they'd often say in the original definitions of NLP, neurolinguistic programming was a modeling experiment that then left behind a trail of replicatable techniques. So as I share my stories, consider them as models. Briefly speaking as models, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. I didn't say there wouldn't be a quick promo. I said there'd be no more music and transitions in this week's episode. Yet I'd be amiss by leaving this out because Hypnotic Business Systems is a training program which is entirely digital access. We do have a thriving community there to support you and help you to answer your questions. Yet really the story behind it is originally how it was tell you what to do to grow your hypnosis business. Then it became show you how to do it because sometimes there's some rather technical elements and it's a lot easier if it's as if I'm there with you, walking you through the bits step by step. And then good for all of you inside of Hypnotic Business Systems as I closed down the Virginia Hypnosis office and moved a thousand miles south down to Orlando, Florida, kind of made it easier for me just to go, Oh, cool. Here's that thing that was bringing in the clients. Let me just publish that for all of you inside of Hypnotic Business Systems and say, use mine, then make it your own. So it's more than two dozen individual specific business action plans. Uh, and the whole system's mindset would be pick like one or two things, build those out, get them up and running, and then move on to something else. Now you have these machines that are running metaphorically and sometimes literally bringing wonderful hypnotic clients into your world. Check that out. Join us now, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. So let's dive in to these seven words. And I've got some notes here. And again, 
The title of this week's episode is Make 2023 Your Best Hypnosis Business Year. And I'm going to break it down, though, through these seven words and through the model of telling you a few stories. So broadcast. I will openly admit, as I've already hinted at, uh, this year was a good significant percentage above the previous year in terms of client success, in terms of income, in terms of really everything kind of went up a pretty similar percentage, which is always interesting when that happens. If I could really step off to the side and point at one of the major differences, and do not let the statement spark fear in some of you, because we'll talk about that here in a moment, as if there was a way that Jason Lynette could have put out even more content. I know. I know. (laughs) Remember, we're going to talk about the word pause a bit later in this episode, so stick with me here. Though here's the thing. You have to make it a priority to tell people what you do. And I think, you know, coming out of everything from the pandemic and coming out of sort of the uh, panic that people had in terms of as businesses had to model and change, I kind of, one of the reasons behind one of the pauses that I did even of this podcast this year was to go, you know what? We've told the COVID story enough. You know what? That's an experience we all went through. Hopefully we don't have to go through something like that again and, you know, mix into it the tragedy that we lost some of our friends. And there's some that are still having some after effects from contracting it. Um, And a lot of decisiveness. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, Yet I kind of did one of the pauses of this show just to go, you know, we need to do a system reset because this doesn't need to anymore be the, how did you modify your business after COVID? And, you know, it pops up occasionally, of course. Yet it's that content creator first mindset And here's the real reason why I share the word broadcast. You're a media company. If you don't yet realize it, that might be part of the reason why things are not yet operating at the level you want them to be. You're a media company. And as soon as you realize you're a media company, you also start to realize almost everything else is a media company. When I'm at the gym early in the morning, I will resist the term politics aside, but politics aside, though we've all accepted, you can't say those words anymore. I'm watching as the set of TVs in one part of the gym that I go to, let's call it out. One is CNN, one is Fox News, one is MSNBC, and I think one is like, um, I think it might be BBC or something that's not clearly one of the big conglomerate names. And it's amazing how the different stations are telling a similar story, but all from different angles. And this is not me sitting here spouting, don't trust the media. Instead, I'd say, as soon as you embrace you're a media company too, the message you broadcast becomes just as influential. So I'm always cautious to talk about how my business has always grown in moments of global distress. And it's because as you look around, there's always a specific audience that needs what you do. And do you want to hear the message that I actually have to say to myself sometimes when I get stuck? How dare you keep it to yourself? Think about it. The skills you have as a hypnotist can literally change someone's life. And how dare you not broadcast that? And here's the thing. Um, Let's throw out that whole imposter syndrome nonsense. I've ranted on this one enough. At some point in our collective history, some, uh, let me say it politely, some jackass decided to put these two words together 
and tried to convince you um, that you're a part of a community that has this shared problem. And I got angry, by the way, when I heard <laughs> other well-known uh, inspirational people say a similar thing. I'm like, I thought I said that first. Okay, but this is the first time I heard, and a few others. So this is a collective conversation talking about a collective made-up issue. Look at it as the reality that there's a couple of things there. Oftentimes, it's caution around doing something you haven't yet done. You know, I've said this for years. When you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. This next statement is not meant to be another promo for Hypnotic Business Systems. Though you might as well head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Though, can I just call out, when I promote that program, well, let me say these other things here first. A couple of notes that I wrote down here. If you don't feed the trolls, they starve to death. Well, that got dark. (laughs) If you don't feed the trolls, they starve to death. Some of you are just terrified of what other people might say. But remember, if you don't feed the trolls, the trolls starve to death. And your actions are what define your future. So again, how dare you be afraid of the judgment from those who they themselves are afraid to take action and are saying negative, spiteful things to appease their own unhappiness. There, just had to be said. So my example of this, why I mentioned hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, once again, was that if I ever put up a post about it, if I ever run an ad talking about that program, oh, the trolls come out from under the bridge. And then what happens is, you know, some of you that are members of the program, I love you when you do this, um, swoop in and say exceptionally nice things, share your success stories, talk about what you've done. Um, and then some of you even defend me on my behalf. Thank you. You didn't have to. Uh, yet I'm right now, uh, the hypnoticbusinesssystems.com webpage. And go to this page, even just to look at it as a model. I'm on the page right now, and the current version of it as I'm recording this uh, actually has one line of sales writing, start up like a pro, scale up like an expert. And then it says, check out these stories. And like the rest of the page are just people's wins. Uh, I'm looking at this image of uh, Tracy Riley, uh, Nancy from the bank, uh, talking about how she used the model of what I do in my presentations to help grow her business. I'm looking at this video of Dan Kandel telling the story of dropping like five or $6,000 on a Facebook ad training to realize what I had in hypnotic business systems that he already owned uh, was what he needed and was a much better deal because uh, it actually worked. Uh, Jason Tolan, who's got like, at this point, I'm sure 70 plus five-star reviews. Uh, Chris and Marie Bowman saying one of the strategies more than tripled her business. And I'm not sharing this to boast though. Check it out. It's awesome. I'm sharing it though, because can you see that I have that as the filter now? Come at me, bro, (laughs) is the playful thought in the mind. So broadcast, you owe it to that audience to let them know what you can help with. I know what I can help with. That's why I share what I can do. You know, this is a side note, the conversation around, this may still be around as this episode releases, the at everyone tag on Facebook. My whole premise of that is, first of all, uh, Uncle Ben was right in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. And the people who joined my communities did so because there was a big promise that I offered them. And isn't it in my responsibility 
to let them know when I'm fulfilling that big promise. Now, mind you, I do my best to ever only use that like maybe once a week. Because again, with great power becomes great responsibility. The people who are like doing it every single day, it turns into a boy who cries wolf. And uh, oh, they're thirsty. Oh, they're thirsty. And they're letting you know they desperately need your business. Instead, it's a service action. It's a broadcast. So how do you make 2023 your best hypnosis business year? Whatever you're doing right now, broadcast even more. And I thought I was doing it well enough already. No, we increased that flow. Broadcast, broadcast, broadcast. Hey, let's move to the next word here. Accept. Preframed this one. I firmly believe people can transform in incredible ways. My whole definition of hypnosis is that it's a skill. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. You know, I have a hard time with any study that was done about this group of people being hypnotizable or this group of people not being as hypnotizable. That makes me an ineffective practitioner. I have a hard time with uh, some of the personality assessments that actually would say you're hardwired to be this specific thing from birth. And I'd say that everything is strategy and state dependent. So one of my core values is that people can transform in incredible ways. And at any point in your story, you always have the opportunity to, to reinvent yourself, to level up who you are and how you do what you do. Though some things, some things are just what they are. What's the old phrase? The only thing in life that's certain is death and taxes. Uh, there are certain things that you get as far as you can. And I told this story, I think more so on social media. I'm looking through the backlog of some of the episodes that I've uh, done this year. And I don't think we really talked about this in massive detail. Uh, I will accept the congratulations for what I'm about to talk about. Though to be fair, I lost the 100 pounds of body fat about 20 years ago. And about 20 years later, the extra skin was still there. And this is perhaps the most very specific example of acceptance I can talk about here. Yet there's the funny moment. Let me now take you into the uh, sort of the, what's the right word for this? Um, the exam, I don't want to say, it wasn't the surgery room. I was at the let's call it out, plastic surgeon's office. Let's call it examination room. I think that's the right word here. And I'm standing there in my underwear with this doctor. And he says, and you know I'm a sucker for things that are phrased in a creative way. Uh, he says, now that you're standing here in your underwear, Jason, can I bring in an audience and make your day? And I'm like, just for that, yes. And he brings in one of the other surgeons. He brings in the nurse who's the surgical assistant. And suddenly the doctor's in teaching mode. And he's pointing out, Jason is the textbook definition of this surgery. He has gone as far as he possibly can on his own. And at this point, the procedure is one of the only viable options. There's other options. This is the one that solves the issue the fastest. Um, and he's asking, and don't take any personal offense. I'm quoting the doctor on this next phrase. He goes, because basically it's what was called a lower body lift. Uh, it wasn't quite tummy tuck. That's just in the front. Lower body lift is like all the way around. There's like a two inch line on my back where they didn't do any cutting. Um, we almost 
It's cracking the jokes. Like, if anyone can guess the percentage of bodies that they they removed from me, you can get a dis- No, we didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> back on track here. No, but uh, in that journey, he goes, Jason has gone as far as he possibly can. And he's even pointing to, again, he's in teaching mode. He goes, you see this? Jason has the two-pack of abs up here. And you can see he's been lifting weights. He's been trying to do what's called the shrink wrap effect, uh, where you try to build the muscle out to compensate for the stretched out skin. Jason's gone as far. And he says to the other doctors, this is the slightly offensive part, but again, quote the doctor, most people who are convinced they need skin removal really are sitting at about 20 to 25% body fat and could go further. His words, not mine. He goes, Jason's right now on the border of single digit, which is lean for a man, not dangerous. On a BMI scale, I'm right in the middle. So I've been very you know careful about all this over the years. Um, but he goes, Jason's gone as far as he can. This is the option. And I kind of knew that after, again, going as far as I could on my own. So chances are, <laughs> and by the way, thank you to the uh, four of you, who I will not call out, who called me up uh, while I was in recovery from that procedure, which all healed now. Um, scarring goes away over time. But it was a few specific phone calls going, hey, me too. It's like, sweet, you know, awesome, cool. We're at a club now. <laughs> so while... Chances are, your specific story, I'm going to go ahead and guess, is most likely 100% very different than mine. There's some spillover to this. What are some of the things that you excel at? What are some of the things that are not perhaps your skill? What are the things that are within your abilities? What are those things that you maybe need to delegate to others? And, you know, as I accepted over the years, as an example, I'm a crappy graphic designer. That's why if you ever see stuff of mine and it looks good, it's because I accepted that's not my skill set. I accepted it shouldn't be my skill set. That's a big thing. And then I found someone else who could then work with me on making my stuff actually look decent. We'll put it this way. If you ever look at it and it doesn't look good, that means I did it. So there's accept. What is it that you can accept? And I'm going to carefully talk about the next word. Diagnose. And I've learned something, as there's a story I'm going to share with you here, that uh, in a few conversations, I might have lost a few of my audience. Though at the same time, I gained even more. And I'm going to talk about it from my experience. Your mileage may vary, uh, is the simple disclaimer to this. Though I look at the word diagnose, both as a clinical term, as it is about to be here, as well as a non-clinical word. So be aware, you know, never cross the line. Yes, scope of practice, scope of practice, scope of practice. Uh, <laughs> though I do a ton of things. And this training company that I never predicted would have become the number one source of my clients. I called it work smart hypnosis because work is involved. You know, um, I've had some side conversations over the years of <laughs> everyone typically says something of the nature. So Jason's one of the hardest working people in this industry. It's like, well, I sometimes can be. But also, it looks like I'm doing it all. But as I've mentioned, you know, last night I went to bed and I had a graphic design project that my amazing designer who's over in the Philippines, her day began as my day ended. So be aware, it takes a village. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of me, it turns out, and duplicating myself is a thing I've talked about for years on this program. So despite the level of stuff that I clearly do, it's in the last couple of years that I started to hit some blocks. And later on, I'm going to talk about 
the word why. And sometimes you can, you know, define why you hit a block. You know, you can define why something is difficult. And I gave the example just now. The skill of graphic design, I just don't have the passion of learning the software. And it's in my better interest to not be the person who does that. Though some of the blocks were a little bit more personal. Uh, there have been a few times that I can isolate over the years, in, in recent years, where like, I, I've said this playfully, and then it kind of stuck with me that it's only a diagnosis if it's not serving you. That the ability to juggle so many different elements, the ability to juggle so many different projects is a strength. Though, even at the level I'd been doing things, hitting some personal blocks, I'd sit down to read something and just couldn't focus. I'd sit down to begin a series of tasks. And I think all of us, if we look at what we deal with in life and look at it as assets, you know, this is one of the biggest themes of the Work Smart Business book that I put out of claim things as assets and then you can use it. You know, I figured out that I was not the person who could operate with to-do lists. I would create to-do lists to not do the stuff on the to-do lists. Nowadays, if it's not scheduled, it's not important. The, I think the writer Hal Elrod had a bit around, it's either a hell yeah or a no. And I'm like, that's what I needed to hear. Yet again, certain things that I'd even scheduled, certain things that were important, I just hit a wall. And kind of like the story of Accept, I went as far as I could on my own. And I will very privately reveal that there's a history of Parkinson's on my father's side of the family. And that was the first fear. And through, you know, going to doctor's visits, they go, no, no, not the issue. And, you know, there's almost this odd sense of relief. Those of you that work with, uh, with medical clients, there's this weird sense of relief where like, you're trying to figure out something, you're trying to figure out something. And then finally there is a diagnosis. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> I have a story that I shouldn't riff on too long here of a client of mine who was having all these health concerns. And finally, when he switched doctors, the doctor's like, well, how much insulin are you using per day? And it's like, what? He goes, well, you're diabetic. I am? Holy crap, why the previous doctor didn't check for what turned out to be the most obvious thing. Uh, and so there was a simple sense of relief when the official title was put out there, and yes, I did go second opinion on this, but here came a diagnosis of ADHD. And keep with me here. I know some of you just went, ah, hang on. When the definition is actually put out there as to what the actual diagnosis is, not the commonplace stereotype. And as I had tried everything on my own, as I tried everything I could to try to game my own systems, and went as far as I could before finally going, okay, let's try something and see what happens, where I think since probably April this year or so, an extremely low dose of a medication resolved. Uh, so I tell this because the word diagnose, it's only an issue if you become the label. I want you to hear this takeaway from the story. And honestly, even if... Let me rant here for a quick moment. There's often this dialogue in our, I love you all, but some of you are so crunchy granola. There's often this dialogue of, oh, that's overdiagnosed. Oh, that's not a thing. I would argue something being underdiagnosed is often a major issue, if not an even bigger 
issue with a lot of things that people throw around different, I'll say it, unqualified opinions on. Here's the thing, though, and here's why I bring up the word diagnose. It's only an issue if you become the label. As I accepted it, and as I eventually went the route, I went as much as I could to not go, honestly, it was never the, oh, it's because of this. Oh, it's because of that. I never once let it become a label. And again, it's only an issue if you believe, if it's your new because. It's, again, the thing that I sometimes have to be aware of, and at least somewhere there may be a definition. I am fascinated where there's like different definitions. We're a world where like, as neuroscience develops, um, you know, certain terms have gone away. They've, the expansion of I'm speaking in another category here, yes. The expansion of the definition as to what exactly is um, this specific diagnosis, how this word is not used anymore. The only ever issue is if it becomes your identity. It wouldn't be a Work Smart Hypnosis solo episode if I didn't quote Michael Elner, who said the only issue, the only danger often is learned helplessness. So accept and diagnose kind of go together. And I'd say, doing great. Thanks for asking. So what is it in your life? And it might not even be something that could be claimed as a medical thing. What's something that if you could step to the side and yes, okay, put a label on it, but then go, now what do I do about it? Take action. That's where things begin to change. Then again, though, let's move to the next word in our seven list here. Ooh, it's a listicle. Did you realize? <laughs> Pause. So yeah, I talked about the surgery. Here's what else... Here's what else was going on this year. Uh, we officially, finally helped my parents retire. They had moved from Virginia down to North Carolina, where they had a rental property. For those that are curious, it's the game where you have to take the rental property and live in it for a certain span of time to then let it qualify for not being taxed like a rental property. So they spent the appropriate number of years to claim a new residence. And then, hey, they're now about a 20-minute drive down the road. Uh, and... This was after the big move we did last year from Virginia down to Florida. Uh, this was after a whole bunch of, you know, sort of repercussions of coming back and getting things back to a state of normalcy, the kids going back to school. And I made it more of a point this year to take a break. Now, let me go back to the work ethic and the whole work smart hypnosis mentality. I am not the hashtag hustle, hashtag no days off. I shut down beautifully. Oh man, I turn off. Um, if any of you have ever received, <laughs> let me reveal something. Uh, on your phone, you can do something called a keyboard replacement, which is where you can like type in three letters or whatever code you put in. Like I have it, so if I do JL, it replaces it with Jason Lynette. And one of mine is EEE. -E -E. And if I type that, it replaces it with, hey, thanks so much for this message, but there's no way to flag your text message and uh, respond to it later, which is why the best way to send this to me is an email to this address. Talk soon. Some of you now are realizing that was a, not quite auto response, but it's a shortcut for me because it means I'm in a mode where you're just not getting a response. And, you know, family balance is a big part of all of this. And, you know, we kind of hit a point last year where here's this big project I could have done within the business. And I, purposefully chose. Hey, let's do it another time. So again, I made it more of a point this year to take a break. 
to take an intentional pause, to, to step away. And I think here's a message a lot of you need to hear, because I know I needed to hear it years ago. When you set the deadlines, you can move them. When you invent the goalposts, you can move them. And when you relax, you come back even stronger. So there were a few brief pauses of even releasing this podcast uh, this year. And some of it was just, okay, here's everything that's going on right now. Here's everything that's happening. And there's a little bit of a pivot that we made that I'll talk about later on here. That was one of those things that, again, except I had gone as far as I could and had to make the decision to go, nope, this thing that I'm realizing needs to happen actually needs to happen. So don't always label it as procrastination. I think that's my real lesson to you here. Don't always label it as procrastination. Don't immediately default to the easy word that's there to diagnose. Might be a damn good reason why something's stalling. Which, hey, oh, perfect timing. Perfectly lines up with the next word, why. Define your actions. I go back to my theater career. I wasn't the actor, the director, designer. I was the stage manager, which we monitored rehearsals. And it was always this magic trick that the actor couldn't remember their lines, but once they knew what the line meant, magically abracadabra, the memory worked. You know, So by putting meaning behind the actions, the old stereotype of the actor, what's my motivation? Well, it turns out there's a real reason why they were asking that. When you put a reason underneath what you do, it makes it even easier to do so much of what I've been talking about. I defined for you already the reason why I found it was important to broadcast. I defined why it was important to accept, why it was important to pause and, and so forth here. And there's a few things that, there's a pattern of, quote, how I learned it, how I earned it. So there's a few sort of statements I'm gonna share with you here, uh, one of which came to me actually as a hypnotic client doing a session and being on the receiving end and being brought to a place where I could kind of explore some of my own actions, ex explore some of my own ideas. Uh, a few of these other quotes, though, I don't have the exact reference. I know who I heard them from, but even they said they didn't know who they heard say these things. So let's just claim for now these first couple of things are a little bit more public domain. I love this one. An entrepreneur is a person who is willing to solve a problem that is not their own. Isn't that every single one of you? Every single one of you working with clients? So yeah, at the end of the day, we can have a successful business. We can become known in our industries. Uh, we can become a leader. We can become the expert on something. Yet again, hypnosis business. All of you are entrepreneurs being called to solve a problem that's not your own. Now, this relates to another quote, which again, I don't have the original reference for. Uh, you are the most called. You're the most called on to help the person who was probably you perhaps 10 years ago. And I'd say, and this is again, not for the boasting of it, I am sitting here right now with my uh, ClickFunnels 2 Comma Club award, where I had to prove, <laughs> I had to make a video showing the proof that this one specific funnel sequence using the ClickFunnels software generated, actually at the time I sent them the data, $1.2 million. Now it sat there for a little bit of time. So that wasn't all, you know, in one weekend. No, <laughs> that 
success came in from that specific pathway. And I'd say this phrase, you're the most called on to help the person who was you 10 years ago. And there's something that I noticed that I should have predicted. Usually I'm smarter than this, uh, (laughs) which was that it didn't quite help my hypnosis training company. That there's the big smiling photo of me and the guys from that company uh, with this million dollar award because it put me up on a pedestal and it let some of you go, I'm not there yet. I can't do that. But again, go back 2007, 8, 9. I was scouring Craigslist to find used furniture for my first office. I was figuring out how to turn the pages of a script. Yes, we've all done it. So they don't make noises. I was giving a client an extra session on me because I completely did the wrong thing in the session. We all start somewhere. In the words of Sean Michael Andrews, we all wish you can call back our first client and say, no, really, I got better. And it kind of helped that when I was noticing that, I heard this quote, perfect timing. You're the most called on to help the person who was where you were 10 years ago. And as much as, yeah, there's, you know, yes, I called out capitalist at heart. Um, this might be diagnosed. This might be except uh, a friend of mine is doing this really cool project on personality assessments and how to define who you hire, how you hire, how you expand your team if you've got a scalable business. And I did, which one was it? The DISC profile, uh, which I'm not an expert on this, so I won't try to pretend to be. Look it up, D-I-S-C. And it kind of, in the printout when I did it, it mentions what are your core values based on that assessment. And number one was leadership. It's like, sweet. And I'd said this other thing for years, but like number six or number seven in the list of the top 10, number six or seven down on the main list was things related to money. That yes, the world is an expensive place to live. Yes, money, in my opinion, represents flexibility. Money represents options. And without getting into too much personal detail, a lot of what you see me do is a loving and respectful away from of things that I've seen, you know, others go through, family members go through. So there's a, again, respectful and loving away from strategy. And whenever I say wealth, I do think of it as generational wealth. How can I, when when the world shut down, we decided to homeschool for the year and a half. And you know how all of us have always said things like, oh, they should teach this in schools. Well, we taught the things to our kids that they should teach in schools. Uh, the kids went through a cooking lesson. We bought this online program all about kids can cook. And we went through this finance and savings and investment training with the kids. So we have the kids who now understand savings accounts and our nine-year-old will wake up in the morning and cook his own eggs and sometimes go, do you want eggs too? And that's amazing. So for me, the success of anything financial was really representing a bigger why. But again, that wasn't the core driver. At any point in your journey, you have the opportunity to change the story. And I mentioned a hypnotic experience of my own, which all of the extra details around this are just, you know, dressing, but a phrase stuck inside of that more exploratory session. I keep showing up because I'm the person who will believe in your possibilities even when you don't yet have that belief in yourself. I take it personally when I see people who have become invisible. 
Um, it's part of the story why sometimes there's someone on the podcast that none of you have heard of, yet I noticed they were doing something remarkable. And I'm like, the rest of this industry needs to hear about this. And this is not always the intention, yet sometimes it does become that that game changer turning point for them. Yes, we can call it the work smart bump. <laughs> but it's the fact that suddenly they're realizing they're not just a person in the industry, they are a voice in the industry. And I'll leave out the names here, but when I talk to other folks that are also, you know, leaders in this profession, you would be amazed how often our conversations are around, why is this person not like the big thing yet? You know, and we can define what's missing. We can define what story they're holding on to. Well, guess what, folks? You can change your story. And again, my story the revelation that I came around to was I'm the person who keeps showing up because I'm that person who believes in your possibilities even when you don't yet believe in that in yourself. And, you know, I'm not the one saying, oh, share my book to show people hypnosis. No, I'm the one saying, here's how I did it. Here's how you can do it too. And I will, <laughs> seriously, with love and care and full respect, any criticism you can throw at me, don't worry. I probably said it before you did. Um, I did throw imposter syndrome under the bus earlier in this uh, episode this week. And yes, there were a few people that I did playfully say, hey guys, remember in 2017, I did a keynote at HypnoThoughts Live. Thank you, Scott Stephanie. I did a keynote and one of the segments of that talk was imposter syndrome. Well, guess what, kids? I was full of shit before some of you were. <laughs> Yet the reason I keep showing up, the reason I keep getting past that is, again, this quote that came to me of, I keep showing up because I'm that person who will believe in your possibilities, even when you don't yet have that belief in yourself. And I don't say that in any way to sound arrogant. I feel the need to quote the thing that's like a meme on Reddit in the Avengers movies, Thanos didn't do any wrong. No, it's a bad place. This just went. Uh, yet again, entrepreneur is the person who's willing to solve a problem that's not their own. And you are the most called on to help the person who is likely you 10 years ago. How dare you keep it to yourself? Let's go back to broadcast, right? So dial in your why. And I got two more points here. Next one expand. <laughs> There's a quote I heard someone in the financial space say that investment and savings is more of an emotional issue than it is a financial issue. And yes, yes, it is. Um, and there's something that I did this year that was less tactical and I would say was more emotional. Now, the side effect is as I did it, Tactically, it solved a lot of confusion. It simplified a lot of problems that we were having just on more of an administrative type thing, uh, which is I isolated one part of my business and I figuratively and literally lifted it up, splintered it off, and formed it as its own separate business. There's a segment of my world that recently did have a bit of a brief name change. It went from Influence for Premium Sales to now a new website and a whole new podcast, Attract Pre-Sold Clients, which that is a program and that is a business that is completely separate from my hypnosis company. 
not always visible um, that that's the case. And part of that was an expansion strategy because, yes, because of my visibility here in the hypnosis community, a fair number of my hypno peeps, as Dan Kandel would say, a fair number of the hypno peeps have also followed me over to that other brand. Yet I can look at a note here on my computer screen right now in the last month or two. Uh, we've had people who own brick and mortar furniture stores uh, join that done with you consulting business training program, uh, someone who owns a honey company, uh, someone who's a life coach, no connection whatsoever to the hypnotic world. Um, we've had a lot of other from like financial advisors. And that really was something that wasn't meant to ever replace anything I currently do. And dialing in systems was what really had to happen to maintain both things, but run them as completely separate and distinct entities. And it was a bit of a why pattern to go back to the previous word. When you expand, it was helpful emotionally for me to define why it was not part of the work smart hypnosis side of the world. It also helped to clarify who from this community is the right match to then follow me over to that brand and elevate what they're able to do, scale in different ways. And again, drawing that line also helped me to, well, introduce some of our concepts that you and I know to an even bigger crowd. Remember what I said at the beginning of the episode? One of the best things we can do is to become successful at what we do because it spreads the awareness around what we do. And there's a shift in that other company, which again, completely separate thing, different team of people as well. Uh, it's where this dialogue is often there in terms of how we draw that line is always really being clarified, even for us. And it's because, again, it's introducing concepts to a whole new audience, which yes, those of you that are a match for it are welcome to join me over there too. Yet again, drawing that very specific line and there's maybe a dozen of you that have received a private message from me over the years going, hey, good news. I copied and saved a draft of what you just posted, but you put it in the wrong community. Put it over here. You know, you don't go into the Attract Pre-Sold Clients business Facebook group and go, what's a good technique to work with someone who has this uh, fear of this? Like, no, wrong place. <laughs> so, you know, we will go into our concierge mode and go, here, move this. That's where it goes. But by defining that line, it helped me even to organize things by mode. So when I say expand, it kind of forces you to become your own babysitter. When I say expand, it helps you to, you know, kind of lock in what your responsibilities are. And as I say expand, it was where that service, that done with you consulting program that's over on that other business is one that really required a team. So now over there, uh, we've got a couple of people on, you know, sales and men, admin. We've got uh, a couple of designers. We have coaches uh, that are also supporting people over there too, uh, which I was almost hesitant to share this next anecdote. Uh, yet, if one of you hears this and it helps you, awesome. It's, I overheard a conversation which was someone talking about how in the growth of your business and quality problems, quality problems, quality problems is my favorite theme. Um, the journey from zero to 300,000 a year is your most challenging journey. And again, this was someone else saying this. If you want to hear this and go, I don't 
believe that. I refuse that to be true. Hey, first chapter of my book, Work Smart Business, was power of premise. Reject that premise. 300K, though, to 700K, that journey is more about clarity of message and a bit more about delegation. The journey from 700K to seven figures is all about delegation and even more so about messaging. And I overheard this statement. (laughs) And again, some of you might not yet be in a place to need to hear this, but plant it away for later and just, hey, aim for the stars and you still hit the moon and that's awesome. That the quote was, someone else said, the journey from 1 million a year to 3 million a year, quote, will piss you off how easy it is because it's all about the 80-20 principle and you've already made the biggest mistakes along the way. Now, I think these numbers are gonna be relative for everybody, even if these numbers need to dramatically reduce down. You know, the journey of figuring out how to get even just four or five clients a month might have been the bigger challenge. And then all of a sudden you've got the brand new problem of there's 25 people you're seeing a week and you can't do anything else. Oh, we love that. (laughs) We love that. So recognize when there's need to expand. And again, some of these words are starting to overlap with each other that I would say it was more of an emotional thing. It also did clarify a whole bunch of things in the shape of the business though that we just lifted it up and it's a completely separate thing. That's over there. Like even to the point of it's different software, it's different phone numbers, it's different people. And, you know, some of you have had interactions with the folks that work with me over there and we're polite. You know, we're talking about the whole Attract Pre-Sold Clients brand and someone's like, hey, what do you have for dental hypnosis? And we're like, they, they know where to tell you where to go to find that stuff. Uh, which kind of brings us perfectly full circle here. And let me reiterate, no, I'll wait to the end to recap here. The final word, connect. Business can be surprisingly lonely. And as you start to identify this, you catch yourself in some, let's say, build out patterns where you got to kind of put your head down. You know, it's the ostrich with the head in the hole. Is that the right animal? Um, It's that incubation mode. And that can be dangerous to stay there way too long. And it's to recognize sometimes there's places where knowledge alone isn't enough to solve a problem. In fact, this should have been the eighth bonus one, uh, which is, I think, really all about diagnose and accept, though, uh, which is what I've kind of learned around the term overwhelm. Um, Overwhelm most often is the result of going into a course junkie mode and implementing nothing. Action, action, action. First word was broadcast for a very specific reason. And because of this need for connection, it wasn't just to create the community that we did this, but as we transformed a program of mine on the other business into more a community and more a done with you kind of service, it was where, yes, our people became even more successful and also they stuck around longer because we were delivering not just what they wanted, but also what they needed. And I'd say this also goes to yourself. Make it a point to surround yourself with others. And I was polite. It was probably in one of my pauses that I did this year. Uh, Yet, oh, you know who I'm talking about if you saw it. There was someone who was, while we were all at the HypnoThoughts Live convention, like posting every single day and just um, snarky BS cynical stuff that again, hey, if you don't feed the trolls, we'll just leave it at that. And uh, hey, look, we all wanted to gather together and learn from each other. 
hey, we all wanted to connect with each other once again and learn what everyone else was doing. So uh, yeah, come to the conferences, be a part of it. Uh, build that support circle where you run into some sort of issue and you've got people who will answer your questions. You've got people who, it's the old line that uh, people quoted that I said it when really it was Anthony Gailey saying it, but actually it was Anthony Gailey quoting John F. Kennedy Jr. on this program, which chances are JFK might have got it from somewhere else. Rising tide lifts all boats. You know, it's connection. It's why I keep up what I do with the ICBCH. And I've already told the story enough times here when my values, um, well, I'll phrase it the way that I really feel, when it seemed the values of another organization no longer aligned with the values that I felt this entire industry needed to be is why I did a migration and then went somewhere else. Yet it's in the connections and why a big part of what I've realized to be so important for not just me, but for many of you, is to have this open line of communication and surround yourself with others who some of them are in a spot where they want to be where you are. Some of them are right where you are. And some of them, even as I, you know, do share the what we've pulled off this year business-wise, I will tell you my new guilty pleasure is being in a room where I feel like a startup. As much as I riffed on imposter syndrome a bit earlier in this episode, uh, there's an event I went to back in October, and I walk in and I see who all is there that I'm sitting at the table with. And I texted a few friends. I'm like, well, there's that imposter syndrome thing. Damn. Okay, nope, nope. What's the thing you say about this, Jason? Doesn't exist. Move on. You're a person who they're just a few steps ahead. And they were where I was at some point. So likewise, though, if you catch yourself in the room and you're the one always holding court, you might be in the wrong room. Though, take pleasure in putting yourself in situations where intentionally you are uncomfortable not for the reason of making yourself feel small and go, I suck, I'm going to go back to my old job. No, instead, to be inspired to move things in brand new directions. And chances are, though, there's things that you've figured out that they haven't yet figured out. So really, as I bring all of this together, notice how the big promise of this week's episode was make 2023 your best hypnosis business year. And notice how most of it's been stories because you need to tell your story, because you are the expert at something that is someone else's very specific problem. An expert can often be defined as that person who might only be one step further along than you are, because back to the thing I was saying earlier, the guy who was talking about the journey from 1 million to 3 million is this. He also said the journey from 3 million to 10 million is accepting that you are the biggest bottleneck of your business. And I love the guy for what he said next. And when you suddenly hit 10 figures though, or 10 million, he goes, that's where I need to call you because I'm not there yet. And I need to learn how to do it. So again, this week's episode, notice that it's been mostly through the filter of, yes, I gave you these chapter headers of these words, broadcast, accept, diagnose, pause. Why? expand, and connect. The reason behind the stories 
is really to land this phrase. You need to tell your story. Again, you are the expert at something that is someone else's very specific pain point, someone else's very specific problem. How dare you keep it to yourself? Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.